Thank you so much, Julia. Welcome to Mayflower. It's wonderful to see you here. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or all of our friends online, hello. Welcome, welcome. If you could uh, find that friendship register if you're on the aisle, sign it and pass it, or the e-register if you're virtual, we would really find that super helpful. Thank you, thank you. And prayer cards are in the pew rack. If you have a praise or prayer request that you want us to pray for this morning or over the week, if you fill in that prayer card, those will actually be collected kind of right away with our first hymn because of so many things that we have going on this morning. So if you want to fill that out and hand it to an usher, that would be wonderful. A couple other announcements. If you haven't seen our Joel Tannis mural in the back hallway, it's beautiful and fantastic. And if you want to take it home with you, you can. Because we have mugs with the mural put on them that are for sale in the atrium. So if you want to grab that, um, come to the atrium at coffee hour. And art camp for the youth is, uh, registration is open. That'll be in June, and it will be an incredible week. If you or someone you love is uh, incoming kindergartner through fifth grader, they will have a great week at art camp. Also, to put on your calendar, June 5 is the annual meeting, so make sure you're here for that. So, I think those are all my announcements. We are continuing our series on the parting words, the parting words of Jesus and what he taught uh, post-resurrection and pre-ascension. And rumor has it this morning, we're going to be visited by a very special disciple who's going to tell us his perspective on the parting words of Jesus. Also today, we are honoring our high school seniors. Um, our kids have grown up, and we get to bless them as they prepare for this next season in their journey. So now, Dr. Julia Brown is going to tell us about today's music. First, I want to highlight an announcement that's in your bulletin. Uh, we're hosting the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys this week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it's a great honor to have them here. They have uh, one of their uh, uh, conductors that comes over from England, uh, I think arrives today and is working with them all week. Um, in addition to that, there is uh, work that was commissioned that the choir is premiering at these concerts, and the composer is coming over from England to be a part of that. And the patron who paid for the commission is also going to be here. So a lot of a lot of um, exciting things happening. There are free concerts, and it's just a uh, Wonderful, wonderful music. Um, about today's music, we picked it uh, with our graduating seniors in mind. We're so proud of all of them and just want to remind them that this community of faith surrounds them in their next journey. So the opening hymn and the closing hymn both talk about seasons of life and, and moving into new seasons and how uh, God is present with us through all that. And in addition to those hymns, uh, our chancel choir is also singing a special blessing for our seniors. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As graduates, we will hear our own names spoken aloud today. Let us also hear your voice calling on each one present to receive a word of purpose and direction for our lives. 
be with us now as we welcome the presence of our Creator into this moment of worship. Poet asks, We answer, Show us where you would want us to go, O Lord. We answer, To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. Help us, we pray, to step forward in faith. So we might serve the world in faith, hope, and love.
Good morning. I recently read a new novel by Elizabeth Strout. And when thinking about this season of graduations and transitions, I was reminded of a section that I would like to read today. This passage comes courtesy of the narrator, Lucy Barton, who has decamped to Maine during the pandemic. Here she is reflecting on a quiet older man she had once known, whose wife suffered from Alzheimer's and who was no longer speaking. The thing that had haunted this man was that he couldn't remember the last word his wife had spoken to him. Here's Lucy. And thinking of this now made me think of something I had often thought before, that there had been a last time when they were little that I had picked up the girls. This had often broken my heart to realize that you never know the last time you pick up a child. Maybe you say, oh, honey, you're getting too big to be picked up or something like that. But then you never pick them up again. And living with this pandemic was like that. You did not know. I'm sorry if that broke your heart a little. (laughs) But the point is, as we all head into the season of stepping ups, graduations, final games and matches, senior days, and all the hyper-emotional lasts that accompany this time of year, try to keep in mind that it's a privilege to be there, a privilege to be present. In just a few moments, we will be welcoming our high school seniors to the front of our sanctuary. For parents and family, this is a season of transition that may feel just like the sort of moment referenced in that amazing quote. For the Mayflower family, though, this is a chance for us to honor our amazing seniors and recognize their contributions to our church, from mission trips and breakfast club to choir, youth group, and even serving on our church committees. These students have all contributed immensely to our church during their time here. In gratitude and in celebration, they will all be given a daily devotional and also a pin that's patterned after the Mayflower seal in our narthex. A reminder to them that wherever they go, they always have a home here at Mayflower. Thank you, Allison. We have seniors that we're recognizing today who've graduated from both East Grand Rapids High School and Forest Hills Eastern High School. And I'm going to introduce them each by name and tell you a little bit about their plans for fall. So first, we have Jack Barnes. And Jack plans to study business and real estate at the University of Tennessee this fall. Betsy Busey. Betsy is heading to sunny San Diego. She's interested in biology and business. Drew Seaslack, he'll be studying meteorology at the College of Charleston. Charlie Connor could not be with us this morning, so we're going to skip over to Eden DeVilbis. I saw you sneak in. Eden will be studying to become a construction electrician at the Grand Rapids Community College. Casper Dickey, you ready? Casper is going to be attending Duke University and plans to study marine science. Jack Hookstra, you're next, Jack. Jack's going to be studying business at Montana State University. Jennifer Hooker. Jennifer is going to attend the University of Michigan, and she plans to study communications and media. And Julia Hooker. Julia is also going to attend the University of Michigan, where she will study chemistry. Mallory Houlihan. Mallory's heading to the University of Georgia and plans to study at the School of Political Science and International Affairs. And we're Halea's not with us, but the next person is Braxton Orban. And Braxton is going to attend the University of Michigan and plans to study earth science. 
It's a long walk there. Allie Toll. She's going to attend Michigan State University, and she plans to study engineering. So before the choir sings a blessing over all of our graduates, let's offer an encouraging round of applause from the Mayflower family. I'd like to invite all the children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message. I have the children in the front row, so I will do the children's message for you. Oh, Marco, I need your help. Perfect. Okay. I have in this bag a flower that every single person in this room has in their yard. Do you believe that? Oh, you do. Now you believe me when I had the puppy in the box. Uh-huh. Okay. So this flower, Marco, everybody has one in their yard. A dandelion. You knew. Yeah. All right. Who has dandelions in their yard? Raise your hand. Be honest. Uh-huh. If they're not in your yard, they're in your neighbor's yard. So little known facts about dandelions. Dandelions actually come into our yards because our dirt is unhealthy. They are meant to make our soil healthy because when they die, their leaves create calcium and acid. That's okay. That's perfect. They create um, calcium and acid that then make our soil healthy. And so if you have dandelions in your yard they will keep coming up and if you try digging them out you can't dig them out there will always be a little bit left and they will come up twice as strong so it made me think of the dandelions that we have in our lives if we eat too much junk and sweets what happens we get a stomach ache if we're out in the sun for too long what happens we get a sunburn That is why you should wear sunscreen. And so, as our friends, Marco, in the front row are going off to college, there are going to be times where dandelions crop up in our lives. And I just want all of you to know that when those times happen, those dandelions are actually there to make you better. And that God will always be there to help and to nourish you and to get you to the point where fewer and fewer dandelions pop up in your life. Will you all pray with me, please? Lord, we are so thankful for the dandelions, and we are thankful that they are there 
to help us to become healthy in all that we do. May you bless these seniors as they go about this next journey. And may you continue to be in their lives deeply and fully. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Marco, my friend, you get to go to Sunday school with Mrs. Coster. Today's reading comes from John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29, and it can be found in your pew Bible on page 768. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. The word of the Lord. Well, the world is full of stories. Allison shared a story with us this morning. Everybody has a story, all of us here. We're thinking so much about uh, our high school graduates who have a marvelous story through their early years of their life. Imagine if we could go 50 years into the future and hear their stories. We would hear of marvelous adventures, tremendous accomplishments. But we'd hear of some dandelions, wouldn't we? We'd hear of some struggles and some issues that they faced. Jesus was a great storyteller. And he lived a great story. Everybody in the Bible has a story. And in this, uh, as, as Ruth mentioned, in these weeks before Pentecost, we're telling the stories of what Jesus said between the time of resurrection and ascension. And that brings us to stories of different people. And today I'd like us to hear the story, in my imagination anyway, that could have been told by a man who occupied a unique place in that time between resurrection and ascension. Uh, he is sometimes dishonored, and sometimes honored. He just, um, he just, when he heard the Easter story, he, he just couldn't bring himself to believe it. Now, this man looked different than I do today, so you've got to use your imagination. I'm sure as he would tell the story, he wasn't wearing clerical garb, and he had a lot more hair and was a lot younger. But may you be blessed by the story. Let me ask you two questions. Do you believe everything you hear? I tell you, I hang out with a bunch of fishermen. You don't believe everything you hear. I know some people who believe everything, and for them, life seems so simple. But I struggle. I need to be sure. Because I've always felt that what you, what you believe really matters. It should determine what you do and how you live. Second question. Have you ever heard something that was just too good to be true? Too radical, too massive in its implications. If true, why, it would change everything. So let me back up. And tell you my story. 
I am Thomas, Didymus. Didymus, that just means I'm a twin. Three years ago, I committed myself to be one of a dozen men who would align our life with a remarkable rabbi from Nazareth, Jesus. And there have been three years of vivid teaching. He would just make the world come alive. Incredible healings. Unforgettable stories. Compassionately embracing the most despised and rejected people of our culture. He planted an undying vision in my hungry heart. In the spring of the third year, Events began to spin out of control. Why, one day there was Hosanna and hallelujahs that came cascading down like a glorious torrential downpour of life-giving water on the parched soil of life. And there was Lazarus, amazing Lazarus. He'd been dead, but now he was alive. But with that there came sinister plots. Denials and betrayals and trials and beatings and and I can hardly bring myself to say it. The crucifixion of my rabbi. The rabbi who gave life, who calmed the sea, who expelled horrid demons, who defeated deafness and darkness, who said, I am the resurrection and the life was dead. Now understand, I was committed to him. I was willing to follow him to my death. But I didn't know that I would have to follow him to his death. All of us tried to persuade him not to go to Jerusalem, to that lion's den of hostility and hatred. But he was determined. And once we were there, life just swirled out of control like a leaf in a tornado. He tried to keep us calm. He said that last night, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he went on to say, I am the way. He didn't say, I'll show you the way, or I'll teach you about the way. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. Not I'll I'll teach you about truth, or I'll help you to discover truth. I am the truth. And he said, I am the life. Not that I'll, I'll improve your life, I'll enhance your living. He said, I am the life. And in a few hours, he was dead. It was more than I could deal with. He didn't say, I'm death. He said, I'm life. How can life be hanging dead on a cross? That was Friday. And it was horrid. After sundown on the first day of the week, the other followers met together that evening. Normally there had been 13 of us, 12 disciples and Jesus. Now there were 10. The master was dead. Judas, the betrayer, he was dead. And I was gone. Have you ever missed a meeting and never lived down the consequences? That's me. But you know, I I just didn't want to be with anybody. I wanted to be alone. Wouldn't you? They call me Doubting Thomas. What I doubted was the story of the others. And why not? 
They denied, they betrayed, they ran. Why should I believe them? Well, the next day I I found the strength to go to them. There were ten disciples. A number of women who were right at the heart of our movement. There were some people who the rabbi had healed. Joseph, whose tomb was the master's resting place. The mood, the mood was charged and energized and excited. A kind of a dittering joy hung over the place. I thought, they just gone mad. The events of Friday, too much for them. Some of them rushed up to me and said, Thomas, he's alive, we've seen the Lord. Quiet, I said. Crazy thoughts. Make some sense, will you? One thing I knew. One thing I did not doubt. Jesus was dead. Those events of Friday, the arrest, the trial, the scourging, Pilate, Caiaphas, nails, blood, darkness, cries, death, the tomb. That was real. Now they're telling me about an empty tomb and babbling about angelic visitors, trembling guards, and a massive stone rolled away. Would you believe that? They call me Doubting Thomas. And I was a doubter. I went around to everyone. The Peter and John and Bartholomew and Andrew and Mary Magdalene and Salome. And I said, is it true? I searched my soul. If this is true, it will change my life. Your life. Death will not have the last word. I could not say honestly, I believe. And what I could not say honestly, I would not say. Why, the way I see it, when you're dead, you're dead. That's the end. The ravages of death can't be pushed aside by some cheap fantasies. Jesus was dead. The one in whom there had been such life now lay in the grip of death. So I said, no, he's in a tomb behind a great stone guarded by soldiers. It's four days now, and despite your wishes, it's true, he's You poor, poor people, don't build your life on wishful fantasy. But but could it be that some stunning intrusion, some act of God had intervened to reverse our shuffle toward the grave? I couldn't believe it. If I can't see it, I can't believe it. I tell you what I said to James. Let me touch the scars from the spike. Let me put my hand in his side, and then I'll believe this story of yours. I left. But seven days later, I was drawn back to that group. I don't really know why. But I pulled myself back up the stairs to that upper room. I pounded on the locked door and whispered, It's me, Thomas. There was a quietness. Peter was murmuring prayer. He seemed sullen, like he had some 
unfinished business to deal with. I felt like, like an alien. Everyone else was bound together by some ethereal experience that excluded me. Their mood was upbeat, undaunted. Their eyes had a note of joy and peace. My mood was sour. I was planning to leave this company as soon as I could decide where to go. And then it happened. A presence filled the room. I could feel it. And behind me, a voice spoke. Peace be with you. I began to turn around. And then I leapt to my feet. It was Jesus. It was A radiant glow surrounded his visage. He looked right at me, though the others were rising in breathless wonder. Come here, Jesus said. No one moved. I shot furtive glances to the left and to the right. And I heard, Thomas, come here. Slowly I approached. Jesus opened the palms of his hands. Reach out your finger, Thomas. Examine my wounds. I whispered, no need, Lord. No need. And then, and I could barely look. Jesus opened his robe so that his flesh was visible from his ribs to his hip. Reach out your hand. Put it into my side, Thomas. I wrapped my arms around my chest and began to sink down to my knees. No need, Lord. Then I heard Thomas I tell you, don't be faithless, but believing. Now completely bowed before him, I looked up into his eyes and I half whispered and half shouted, My Lord and my God. And Jesus put his hands on my head. I still feel it. Gentle, but firm. Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Then he spoke this benediction. Words spoken not just to me, but also to you. Will you hear them? Will you live them? Blessed are those who have not seen and who nevertheless believe. I tell you, something happens to you when you are in the presence of a man who is dead. Something stirs in the soul of a man who has stood within inches of God. Something stirs that is hotter than gold fever and more permanent than passion. You have got to tell others. Death is defeated. Life is ours. Hope never dies. He is risen. Amen.
This morning, we are celebrating our seniors while also being challenged by our text and the words from Apostle Thomas. We are also engaging in the worship of giving. The ushers will come forward in a moment to collect gifts, tithes, and offerings. Thank you for your generous giving that blesses the ministry of Mayflower Church.
Dear Lord, we are so thankful that we are able to come together today to celebrate these precious seniors. May they always know that they have so much to give, whether it's their finances, their kindness, their love, their prayers, or their joy. May their lives always be a tithe that gives back to you and others, as you have so hugely blessed and given to them. In Jesus' name, amen. As you can see in the bulletin, we have reinstated the passing of the peace. And while it may not be comfortable yet to shake hands, to be able to turn to one another and to say, peace be with you, and to respond also with you, is a gift that we have not had in many, many months. So please take this time to greet one another with peace. We're still working those kinks out, aren't we? <laughs> That's okay. How to pass the peace in, in pandemic world is a tricky, uh, it's a tricky thing. But we're going to figure it out because we're a community and we love each other and we do truly wish each other peace, don't we? Yeah. Well, let's pray together for our congregational prayer and lift our hearts to the Lord together. Oh, holy God. We sit with our teaching this morning that blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. We need help in our belief, God. Grow us to be more like you as we navigate our path in the world. And be with our seniors as they move from high school and childhood into the exciting season of young adulthood. May your hand be on them. And may they follow the steps you have ordered for their lives. May they know, may we all know, how loved and cherished they are as children of God. We celebrate them. We look forward eagerly to when they'll be with us again. Lord, we acknowledge we have so much to be grateful for. It's spring, season of newness and growth and promise. So, Lord, we just offer our hearts of gratitude. We have so much joy over this new pastor coming and this new season for the life of Mayflower Church. We know it's going to be just amazing. We know the best is yet to come as you show us where we are to be in the world. We also acknowledge there are all kinds of things that are weighing us down. Many of us in this room are struggling with grief. We've lost someone that we care deeply for. Many of us in this room are touched by illness. We specifically pray for Peggy Child-Smith, who's currently in the hospital. May your hand of healing be on her. May your hands of comfort wrap around her family in this time. We have several people on our prayer list who are in the last days of their life, some struggling with cancer and all other kinds of illness. Lord, we lift them up to you. Again, may your hand of healing be on them, and may your arms of comfort wrap around them. And we seek your peace truly, Lord. As the blessing was sung this morning, we resonate with this desire for the deep peace of Christ, the light of the world. Let the words of our sung response just wash over and through us as we invite you, Lord, to truly come and fill us with your peace.
And now we join not only our hearts, but our voices together as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. going to ask the graduates if they'll come to the front again so that you might see them and perhaps you want to lift your hands toward them as we as a congregation speak a blessing, a benediction to them today. Will you join with me in unison? Now may our God, the source of light, peace, place a loving hand upon our graduates as we send them forward. With their classes now complete, may they strive toward excellence in all they do. May they discern what is the best. May they work for peace and justice in the world. May they find joy in future endeavors and adventures. May their achievements grow and enrich their communities. May they discover peace and wholeness in the midst of life's blessings and challenges. In the name of the Creator, the Savior, and the Living Spirit. Amen.